Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. Joining me this evening, as always, is Trey Barrett. But we're missing Will Greenwood. Will Greenwood is missing. But that's okay, because we have somebody better than Will Greenwood. Don't tell him I said that. We've got uh, Peter Overzet with us. Uh, he is the host of the amazing Fantasyland pod. You can find him at Peter Overzet on Twitter. He is a very funny and talented Peter Overzet, everybody. What's going on, Pete? Hey, I, it's, uh, it's great to be here. I just want to say real quick to Will, I don't know where you are, probably having an incredible meal in, in Paris somewhere. Uh, I just want you to know that you're shirking your duties and I'm, I'm picking up the slack doing all the heavy lifting uh, because clearly you don't have your priorities in order. That's right. That's kind of how we feel, to be honest. So, um, And another, another uh, team that doesn't have their priorities in order in the World Cup would, would be Germany because that's the big news of, of the group round, right, Trey? That Germany is out. They're done. Yeah. yeah, that was a stunner. Big time stunner. I'm a big soccer fan, as you guys know, and I'm just eating and drinking, living and breathing all of the World Cup action going on right now. And uh, I was actually at work today and was planning to watch the game on replay tonight, but uh, one of my friends texted me was like, can you believe Germany just lost? I was like, oh, well, I guess I won't be watching that match tonight. <laughs> so I quickly jumped on and looked at the highlights. Man, I, that's, a, that's a stunner. Big time shock for, for the soccer world. Yeah, for sure. So who do you guys think is going to be the – uh, Germany and the NFL in 2018. Who are, who's a team that has we have really ex- high expectations for that's not going to get it done? You guys have any uh, any theories? So this was this is interesting to me because I feel like the the perfect analog for the Germans just kind of in general and their sustained excellence would be the Patriots. You know, they're kind of a machine. Uh, they just always seem to to be good year in and year out. Uh, and in a lot of ways, the New England Patriots right now kind of fit that bill. There seems to be a lot of turmoil going on between the Bill Belichick, Robert Kraft, Tom Brady triumvirate. Lots of questions about Gronk, his, his desire to play. Everyone kind of wonders if they lost their fastball with that, taking a, a, a running back with the first round pick. So I think Germany and New England have a lot of good comps. Although if I had to guess for this year, I, I don't know. I kind of think the Rams might be a little overhyped right now. Everybody pretty stoked on that that first season with it all coming together. I think they could be down for uh, or up for a little bit of a down year. But yeah, I guess, yeah, I'm torn. But I, I think New England is a pretty good Germany comp. Yeah, I think I tend to agree with that. that. That's good. I think there are a lot of teams. Trey, what, who do you think? Well, I think, and that is a good comp. And I, I'd be tempted because I think that they're the, the chinks in the armor – are growing up there in new England. And uh, while the greatness still exists in, at, at head coach at quarterback, I mean, I, I think that they have a lot going for them. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all that uh, they begin to falter in the not too distant future. I, you know, I think I probably would have to say one of my picks would be kind of going the the defending champ route and, and pick the Eagles. You know, I think that, what the Philadelphia Eagles did last year is nothing short of spectacular, but I think that the efficiency of Carson Wentz, you know, it was just a dream season for them. And I think that 
I know Carson Wentz will be back, even if it's not ready for the, even if he's not ready for the beginning of the season. Um, I think that there's some other challengers in the NFC, and I think that it's so hard to repeat. It's so hard to get up for that defending of the title. Um, I know that we've seen teams like the Patriots, you know, be in the, in the Super Bowl year in and year out, but the, the NFL is a league of parity, and with the schedule challenge that comes with being a division and Super Bowl winner, uh, along with having that target on your back, and, and the fact that they're not going to catch the NFL by surprise with the analytics and, and the way that they're going to go for it on fourth down more often than other teams, um, I, I think that they could, they could have trouble repeating. I, I, it's, that's a difficult task in a very, very competitive league. So that'd probably be my Germany comp. I like those. I like those. I would throw a team, not, not that they're, they had this amazing year last year, but the Green Bay Packers, because it seems to me like the Green Bay Packers, people are talking about them like they're going to be a contender again. And, you know, first of all, in the North, they've got to get by the Minnesota Vikings. They've got to get by the Detroit Lions. They're not such a bad team. And the Bears might even be able to upset them one game if they're lucky. Um, so I think Green Bay is getting a lot of hype for a team that still has a, a defense that I don't think is going to be very good. They added some pieces, but yeah, I, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is amazing. They're going to be in every game, but I don't know that they're going to be a contender, like a real contender. So, so guys, it is kind of the, uh, the dead zone here for dynasty football, fantasy football. There's just not a lot going on. I, there are some people that have some starter drafts going on, I guess, but there's not really whole lot to talk about a whole lot of news we'll talk about some relevant news items here in a little bit but pete what are you doing with your time right now because it's it's there's not a lot to do just trying to get some trades going in your dynasty leagues what's what's going on yeah no there definitely was the buzz you know right after the nfl draft you know you have your your dynasty rookie draft so you get some trades going around there and uh yeah it's actually been pretty nice that the world cup has been going on to kind of help us uh bridge this gap uh, but as far as, uh, sorry, are you asking what I'm doing in my fantasy leagues or just with my life in general? Well, both with both. Yeah. Because it's such <laughs> a big part of our lives is, you know, just, uh, just, you know, being an owner of multiple dynasty teams. So, uh, you know, you, you can try to get things going, but it can be tough in leagues. And, and even if you're doing some trading, there's still not a lot going on. Yeah, I, I know. I have found myself. I'm doing uh, one of the the fantasy cares best ball leagues. I've I popped into a few of the uh, the draft kind of quick. You can just pull them up a three man, five man kind of stuff. So you know, quote unquote, staying fresh in that regard. <laughs> and yeah. uh, the, I, I kind of like being on the extreme. So doing the best ball and then not having to touch it, or doing the dynasty, um, requiring the year long maintenance and trying to cut out the redraft stuff as much as possible. So yeah. And, and then with Scott Fishbowl coming up, you know, it's already kind of forcing you to dive in, uh, looking at the settings and, and how the season's going to play out. So yeah, I definitely have had in that, in that best ball draft I did, uh, I should have looked at the settings a little closer. I didn't realize it was a uh, super flex and I ended up with a QB tandem of Lamar Jackson and AJ McCarron. So that's beautiful kind of, that's kind of what form <laughs> i'm in right now for fantasy football so yeah i need to uh get the dust knocked off here soon hey, speaking of scott fishbowl this is our first time in scott fishbowl we're very excited about it do you have any tips recommendations because you know looking at the uh the divisions that we're in you're playing against the best of the best so like what any any uh any advice for us or anyone yeah. else that's new to scott fishbowl yeah, I don't have much like actual drafting advice just because the way he sets up the settings, it really is kind of a choose your own adventure for how you want to attack it. 
you know, with, with basically there being a premium on every position. The, the things I've noticed in the two years is that it isn't impossible to stream uh, quarterbacks. I've seen some really good players really punt quarterback and, and really patch together just the whoever's that one bye week fill in the injury fill in that week, which always kind of surprised me because you think, you know, super flex, all those guys are going to get scooped up, but they are available if you need them. People just aren't that thrilled about picking up, you know, a Tom Savage and then wide receivers. You can always kind of plug in wide receivers uh, from the waiver wire too. So I think the things I noticed was maybe going a little heavier on running back and tight ends. Those are what I remember being really tough to find on the waivers. Yeah, I think that's good advice. So I won two uh, satellite leagues last year with the same scoring settings as Scott Fishbowl. And in one of those leagues, I drafted Andrew Luck very early, who went out for the year. Obviously, we all know that story. But I picked up Alex Smith and Jared Goff, and, and my team was pretty great because I did focus on tight ends and running backs, so I think that is good advice. But we'll talk more about the Scott Fishbowl later. we got yeah. some time, but I thought I'd, I'd pick your brain on it. Um, another thing that just happened, or maybe this podcast, this episode has been out for a few weeks now, but the other day for the first time I, I listened to the Fantasyland pod. I mean, for the first time this season, because I think this is the first episode in, in quite a while, and you focused on the story of Chris Wessling and his battle with cancer. And it was an amazing episode, as I told you off the air, Pete. I mean, it's like NPR worthy. It's like the 60 Minutes of Fantasy Podcast. This episode is is just amazing. It's just so well done, so well produced. Just such a great, great story about an amazing person and their battle with, with cancer and, and what it took for them to survive it. So do you want to talk a little bit about what's going on with Fantasyland Pod, that episode in particular? Yeah. So, you know, Fantasyland, we started a couple years ago and just trying to approach it, as you kind of said, from more of that NPR radio lab style where, you know, we do a bunch of interviews and, and research and then really produce it so that kind of no minute uh, or second is wasted in the show. And, you know, initially we started kind of doing some topics. We did some strategy episodes. We did a zero RB that episode that was popular. And then as we went along, we kind of found ourselves gravitating just to really good stories is what we were most interested in telling. And there's, there, we know there's lots of good stories in the fantasy world. It's sometimes just hard to find them or hear about them. And, you know, we did a story about this team, the Antrim Jets, uh, this Irish uh, American football team, these guys that just bootstrapped this league, kind of like a Little Giants uh, story in Ireland. And we told that one. And, and then, you know, we were big fans of Chris Wessling. And when we heard about the cancer stuff, we were following it really closely. And then we decided to just reach out to him and see if uh, he'd be willing to kind of talk to us as he went throughout that process. And, you know, Chris being the open guy that he is was just completely open to it and I think he we had done uh interviewed him for a a Roto World episode uh, a while back and so I think he trusted us to to tell the story right and do it justice and and then what was so awesome about it is he just put us in contact with everyone in his life his coworkers, his friends his family ex-girlfriends I mean you name it he gave us their contact information and everyone was willing to talk to us and obviously with podcasting the key is, is good audio and Chris is Chris and just everyone he surrounds himself with it seems like is very good at telling stories giving good sound bites and so what we were left with was just hours and hours of really good audio that we were able to uh to kind of sculpt into that episode 
Yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. So I'll put it in the show notes. So listeners of ours that haven't checked it out, you've got to check this out. It doesn't matter. I mean, basically, even friends of yours that aren't into to fantasy football or the NFL, anyone that's been touched by cancer one or the other, and unfortunately, we all have, right? So I would, I would please strongly encourage you to check it out. It's just a great episode. Really, really good. So from that, though, let's transition into some football and you know what, what are we going to do? What's going on right now? Basically dynasty trades. So Trey, we're going to talk about some dynasty trades, right? Some uh, Twitter trades in particular. Yeah, man, I, I've been, you know, scouring the Twitter sphere and uh, just very interesting. I think the trading that happens in the off season uh, typically is, you know, there, there's not a whole lot of news going on right now. That's truly useful. That, that truly is changing players values. Um, yet we we still continue to see. I, I see trades all the time, either on Twitter or even coming across my email from from various leagues that I'm in, where I'm kind of puzzled by you know guys. It's like, whoa, that that guy's really fetching uh, significantly more value than I, I felt like he would. And so I just thought it might be cool to talk about a few trades and uh, take a look. So here I'm going to throw up on the screen here. Whoa, I'm going to throw up on the screen. That sounds a little disgusting. I'm going to throw. Some How much trades. angels envy have you had tonight, Trey? Man, not enough. Oh, I, I'm actually drinking coffee. What's wrong with me? <laughs> Took the kids out bowling tonight. And all right, can you guys see this? Oh, nice. Yeah. Yep. All right. This is always, yeah, it's always my motto when it comes to trades. Crush your opponent. <laughs> That's right. I hear these other, you know, podcasts, they talk about, you know, you really should try to find trades that are a win for your team and a win for their team. I'm like, nope, just want to win for me. I want to win the <laughs> We got to get a trade done, okay? Right. First of all, you got to give them a little bit of something. Yeah. They spool them into thinking no, they're getting something to trade. Come on. Yeah, no, I, no, no. I'm, I'm being a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit facetious, but. You got to be careful, though. I In one of my leagues, everyone calls me the swindler, and now I can't get any action. I'm basically blackballed because of a few good trades. So <laughs> yeah, you got, it's a fine line. You got to give some action to get That's some right. action. Yeah, yeah, no. All right, so here's the, this is the first, this is the first trade. This one's pretty straightforward. And for the people that, uh, other than the three of us that can't actually see this on my computer screen right now, uh, this is a super flex trade and uh, no team specifics. This is just straight up player for player. Um, Jameis Winston, versus Patrick Mahomes. So what we're going to do is we're going to start, we'll start with, uh, we'll, we'll let, um, we'll let Pete go second since he's the uh, guest. So we'll, we'll make Ryan go first. Cause Pete, basically what we're going to do is price is right style. So if you, if you go over, if you bust, even if you pick the right player, but you, you get the wrong percent, um, it, it's no bueno. So what you're going to, what, what we'll let Ryan start. He's going to pick whichever player he thinks won the trade, not who he would take, but who he thinks Twitter chose. And then what percent of the uh, population out there on Twitter chose that player? So um, there's a little bit of an advantage in going second. Uh, for for gotcha. sure. And so I think with this trade, this was a recent trade. So I think with the Jameis Winston news, it's going to impact his value. So I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. And he's getting a fair amount of hype. So I think I'm going to go Patrick Mahomes 57%. Am I allowed to ask the date on this trade? Um, it was in the last, it was in, all of these were within the last like 10 days. It was definitely since the suspension was announced. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, actually that. posted this on Twitter myself. Okay. So, Excellent. Yeah, that, uh, 
Yeah, that seems about right by Ryan. Just as a more knee-jerk reaction to the news and the hype around Mahomes, I could see it being slightly higher. So Price is Right style, I can just box him out at 58%? Or is that not in the spirit of the game? Yeah, absolutely, sure. That is in the exact spirit, the crush your opponent's spirit of the game. Okay. So. Wow. There we go. 71%. And you, you guys can see 711 votes. So. Patrick Mahomes received 71% of the votes in this poll. And I just real quick want to kind of ask you guys, because Patrick Mahomes has started one NFL game. And, and I get the uh, weapons around him. I get the hype. I get the belief in this young man. And I also get, at the same time, you know, some of the concerns with Jameis Winston. But I, I heard Scott Barrett talking about it. If you take Jameis Winston last year, the games that he wasn't out or on the injury report, there were eight games, and if you extrapolate them over a 16-game schedule, he would have been the quarterback four, averaging like 312 passing yards a game. Um, he improved his completion percentage, his I mean, a litany of stats in, in quarterback performance that he improved on last year from his previous seasons. Um, what do you guys think about the, the, discrim- the discrepancy between these two guys' value based on this, this picture we're looking at right here? Yeah, I mean, they're both, it's so interesting because they both, you know, it seems like right now, both, you know, on the field and off the field, Patrick Mahomes has everything going for him and all that positive momentum, even even though it was just that one game he started last year where he looked terrific and adding Sammy Watkins and just all that buzz. And then with Winston, where it, it now almost seems like the organization could really be at a crossroads with whether they want to double down with him as their franchise quarterback. And, you know, he, he has good weapons as well. I think O.J. Howard could make a, a leap again this year. He looked good in limited run last year. But when you fact, for fantasy purpose, when I factor in the rushing component for Mahomes, that really fully tilts it for me. And there is a little bit of an unknown, but I don't know if Winston's ceiling is so high that it's, it's worth – um, even chasing uh, when Mahomes could even be higher. So I, I think I'm definitely with the the public on this and especially with the suspension and just what it means for Winston long-term. I think it has to be a real concern. Yeah, I Pete, I, I agree with you. I echo what you're saying. And listeners of the show, loyal listeners know I've never been a Jameis Winston fan. One of my big knocks with Jameis Winston is the turnovers. And he got better last year, but in 45 career games, he's thrown 44 interceptions 31 fumbles. That's per, per pro football reference. He lost 11 of those. So the guy turns it over a lot. He's never been a, a QB one depending on your scoring overall, or if he has been, he's just not, you know, just reached it. So I know that Jameis is interesting, but especially with the, the news now, if I could trade Jameis Winston for Patrick Mahomes today, I'm going to do it because Patrick Mahomes is in an amazing situation and it's, it's hard. I mean, we don't know what he's going to be. I, I realize that. But it's hard to look at that situation and the track record of Andy Reid and think that he doesn't have tremendous potential in that offense. So I, I like Patrick Mahomes. Maybe, maybe Patrick Mahomes is a guy that's overvalued overall in Dynasty. But if I can, if I can trade Jameis for, and get Patrick Mahomes right now, that to me is a no-brainer. Um, uh, so I, I, I think he's a guy with higher upside, Patrick Mahomes side for, for sure. I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised. I really did think it was going to be a little bit closer. But um, but with the news and people reacting to the suspension, not not a shock that it was seventy one percent to twenty nine percent. What do you what do you guys think it would have been pre pre news 
suspension news? Closer to 50-50 or way tilted in Winston's favor? No, I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, people are so overreactive when it comes to stuff like that. Like, I, I mean, the incident happened over two years ago that he's being suspended for. So, I mean, if, if you're taking into consideration the missing three games and from a dynasty perspective, you know, that shouldn't really move the needle hardly at all. Um, if it's concern over his behavior, again, you know, it's not like this just happened. It's just that he's just getting suspended for it. So I, I would imagine that, you know, probably maybe uh, closer to 50-50, maybe 60-40. But it's so hard to tell because I, especially Twitter, man, Dynasty Twitter, love some overreactions. Yeah, they do. It's true. Uh, yeah, and if you – I mean, the headlines too. I'm, I'm looking – I went to Yahoo to see if the headline's still there, but there was a headline today on Yahoo about, um, you know, Tampa Bay may be done with Jameis Winston. You're seeing all these headlines, and I don't know that I believe it. You know, this time last year, or actually a little bit more to the season last year, we were hearing about Blake Bortles and how Chad Henney was going to replace him for sure, right? So it's a little bit different situation, but the, the stuff that comes out, you just can't believe it. But you read those headlines on Yahoo Sports or ESPN, and, and it makes you think like, oh, my goodness, you know, if Tampa Bay's done with him, I, I really need to get rid of him. So, it, yeah, it's very reactionary. But those headlines make you do it. I mean, you see it, and it's just like, ugh. So. Yeah, especially when you, it's like, yeah, if Jameis Winston was uh, – I mean, it's sad that this is the case, but if he was a third-string linebacker, he'd probably be off the team the second. Uh, but he's their franchise quarterback and <laughs> franchise quarterbacks don't grow on trees. So I'm guessing they uh, might give him the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, but it's, it's definitely a make or break season for him. There, there's no question. And, and I'm interested to see, I, I'm more, you know, I, I kind of still think that Jameis has an opportunity to, to step forward. I, I, do, I agree with what you guys echo your sentiment in that. I think Mahomes' ceiling is probably higher um, I, I think more for me, this is a little bit of a potential indictment on Mahomes. I mean, he's currently in, in ADP going as quarterback eight ahead of Goff, Luck, Mariota, Stafford. So I, I just think for me, for a guy that's only played a game in the NFL, you know, I, I begin to kind of – and I own him in a couple on a couple teams. And, and I was even wondering the other day, like, is this a – I mean, quarterback eight, that's that's pretty pretty high. But I think he does. I mean, you know, Pete, I think you said it. His ceiling is – is top three uh, to five uh, quarterback. And so I, I, it's hard to sell. There's a part of me that wants to try to try to sell him, but um, I don't know. I, I think the potential that the track and Ryan, you mentioned the track record of Andy Reed quarterbacks is there. I don't think any, there's, there's nobody in the NFL that has better weapons at their disposal right now in the passing game, I think than um, Patrick Mahomes. So this will, this will be fun to reflect on in, in 12 months. Cause I, I think that, 12 months from now, this, this poll is going to be uh, very uh, interesting to reflect on where these two players are after the, the 2018 season. All right, so next trade here we're going to jump into. This is, this is a multiplayer trade, okay? So, again, this is Superflex as well. This trade uh, received 254 votes on uh, Twitter. So Team A is Deshaun Watson, Derrick Henry, and Allen Robinson. And Team B is Drew Brees, Zeke Elliott, and Tyler Lockett. So, again, A is Watson, Henry, and Robinson. B is Brees, Elliott, and Lockett. Uh, so, I will let you go first this time, Pete. Which, which side do you think Twitter chose and, and what, what percent? Yeah, so definitely kind of honing in on um, – I, 
on kind of recent excitement. I know there's a lot of buzz right now for Watson coming back. A lot of people think, you know, obviously if he keeps up his pace, he did last year, he finishes the number one quarterback again, but people still seem to think he can be a top five quarterback. Allen Robinson has been a sexy name this offseason. People are excited about Trubisky. Everyone wants that offense to be this year's Rams. And yeah, Derrick Henry lost a little luster, uh, I think, with the Deion Lewis, but he's still kind of a dynasty darling. That team looks way more Twitter trade sexy to me than Team B, Drew Brees. People wondering how much longer he has. Zeke, obviously, you know, probably the best asset uh, in the entire deal, but uh, I think there are questions about him. He, I don't, I think he's kind of settled slightly underneath that tier of those uh, of Gurley. Uh, and those other guys, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, who catch passes, and then Lockett. I mean, yeah, he has some promise, but compared to the other names, he's kind of a throw-in. So I really think Twitter is going to lean heavily towards the Team A side. I'll say to the tune of, let's see if I can make it hard for my my opponent here. I will say 81% in favor of Team A. I think, Pete, you might bust on this because I, I agree that the team A is probably the side, but I'm going to go conservative and I'll, I'll take team A at, at 51%. And just because I think you, I think you went over because I think that that uh, Zeke, his name still holds a lot of attraction. I think a lot of people will be attracted to that at side that team B because he's the best asset in the steel. You know, p- people still like Drew Brees, Tyler Lockett. There's been a little bit of buzz on him. I, I mean, I clearly think the team A is the better side here and that it won on Twitter, but I, I don't think it's 81%. I don't think it's quite that high. So I'll go 51% strategy because I think you busted. So team A. I love the gamesmanship at work here in these first two. I mean, you guys are, you guys are going, going right, right for it. I love it. So uh, Ryan uh, came very close. Yes. And uh, so, 54% to 46. Yeah. So for, for the viewers, uh, listeners, I should say, uh, team A here, 54%. So the Watson, Henry Robinson side received 54% of the vote. And the Breeze, Elliott, Lockett side received 40, 46% of the vote. And um, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I kind of would echo w- what you said, Pete. I, I thought that, that side A of this trade would receive because I feel like that Watson, Henry, and Robinson are kind of all the rage. And, and I think that there are three players that their value is is really kind of hard to nail down as far as my personally, if I were trading any of these players or trading for any of these players, I have a challenging time with it, knowing exactly where to value them, where I feel like Breeze and Elliot are a little easier for me to value. So I think this is one of those trades that probably there's a little volatility. Um, Zeke Elliott for me going into this next year is, I, I think he's my 2018 RB1. I really like his potential. I, the, obviously, the you, if you take away the off-the-field stuff with Zeke, he would probably be my RB1 in Dynasty. You know, his, his off-the-field stuff is just uh, the, the big question mark. Um, but I, I feel like, you know, Breeze is, you mentioned, always kind of every, – everyone's just always expecting him to hang it up soon. So I thought it was interesting this poll was this close. You guys have any thoughts about that? before we move on to another one. Uh, yeah, Team A is just like, uh, it's such a team of polarizing players. Because Deshaun Watson, you have some people that have him as, as maybe their number one overall QB in Dynasty. There's some people I think feel that way. It's a small percentage, but some. You have other people that just don't believe in Deshaun Watson at all. So you're right. Derrick Henry, same thing. Alan Robinson, I think he's undervalued right now. And there's some people that just 
just don't believe in Allen Robinson. So yeah, I think that that team A side is just an interesting side to look at. That's what made this trade interesting. So uh, this is a 12-team PPR Superflex trade uh, that received 412 votes on Twitter. Team A is the dynasty darling, Saquon Barkley, and a 2019 second. And Team B is Carson Wentz and a 2019 first. So again, Team A is Barkley and a second. Team B, Wentz and a first. And uh, I think since we – I think that, Ryan, it's your turn to, to go first. So which side and, and what percent do you think that Twitter, Twitter made happen here? This is hard because it's a super flex league. And I, and I think with Twitter, when you post these polls on Twitter and it says super flex, I think half of Dynasty Twitter doesn't either play super flex or take that into account. So I, I, I don't think they're going to, going to see Carson Wentz as this, you know, top – two, three, four QB and super flex. So I think it's going to be team a, and I think it's going to be, let's go 61%. Wow. Yeah. I, I think I recently saw some super flex ADP uh, that maybe it was Ryan McDowell that had posted. And I'm pretty sure Carson Wentz was going at the end of round one and Barkley was maybe a few spots ahead of him. So like purely as market value, you would think you would go team B getting that 2019 first. But Ryan makes a good point about, you know, people skewing Saquon Barkley is definitely, you know, the hottest name in dynasty, you know, Carson Wentz coming off the injury. Um, I, I think I personally like the Team B side, but trying to put myself in the position of Twitter people. What percentage did you say, uh, Ryan? 61%. Yeah, I'm going to box you in again. And I'll, I'll say uh, Saquon Barkley to the tune of uh, 59%. All right. All right. So 59 and 61. So 70%. Wow. Whoa. 70% of Twitter chose Barkley in the second over Wentz in the first. And, and I'm with you, Pete. Like I, and Ryan did make an excellent point. Uh, but, you know, I, I really feel like that in a super flex, 12-team PPR super flex league, that Wentz and Barkley have got to be about as close to even in value as they can get. And, and, yep. and to get a first uh, versus a second, like, I mean – I expected this poll to be much closer to like 55, 45. So when, when I saw 70, 30, I, I was pretty blown away. Um, what, what side, I know Pete, Pete, you kind of mentioned that you'd like side B. What, what is your thought, Ryan? If, if you were having to, to pick one of these sides to take onto your team, what, what are you in a vacuum? Oh, side B for sure. I mean, it's a super flex league. You, I, I am one in a super flex league where I like, if, if at all possible, I want to have two stud quarterbacks. I know some people feel otherwise, I know J.J. Zacharyson, for example, who, who I'm a big fan of, he just released a podcast and he argued and had the analytics to back it up that you don't necessarily need to do that in a Superflex league. But I think especially in Dynasty, you know, you grab those elite QBs and you hold on to them for dear life. So I totally Team B. I, I mean, I just went Team A because I knew what Twitter would do. I know that Twitter, you have the people don't pay attention to the, the scoring settings, the league settings. So yeah, Team B for sure. Carson Wentz to 2019 first. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like that that side too. Yeah, and just from my experience in in Superflex, it 
it's not that hard to to find a streamable option, you know, if you really need it in a pinch or to trade for one. But getting one of those top five elite guys that can win you the weeks, those are really hard to come by. And then on top of it, ones that are are really young. Uh, and I know you could probably say similar stuff for elite running backs like Barkley, but there still is the unknown factor. Whereas we've seen Carson Wentz do it. Um, we know what we're getting with him. So yeah, I'll, I'll take that 2019 first uh, tossed in. Yeah, yeah, I thought I, I was a little surprised, and and again, you can't always, you know, sometimes things on Twitter are not as they appear. Um, but anyway, so Ryan with the with the second point, right? So we got Ryan Ryan two P one uh, narrow lead narrow yes. lead. All right, let's jump. So this is uh, this is PPR. All right, uh, no super flex. Taking a, a little step away from the super flex action, just straight PPR. 376 votes. Team A is Alshon Jeffrey, and Team B is Sammy Watkins in a 2019 second. So Jeffrey versus Watkins and a second. And I think uh, it's uh, Pete. I think it's your your turn to go first here. Okay. Um, let's see. And when uh, just this when was, was this uh, this was stage? similar in the last. I think this one actually is in the last uh, week. Okay. The only reason I know there was that big article, I forget who wrote it and maybe it was like a chief site about Sammy Watkins and how well, uh, or, or how much he's enjoying being in the chief system and how excited he is, which again, I'm sure you can take that with a grain of salt. Uh, but it does seem like he's poised for a bigger role and I'm just trying to factor in if Twitter is excited about that news. Um, I think from a dynasty perspective, I kind of, view these guys relatively similar you know Alshon you're maybe getting a little more production but he's also older uh Watkins I think people still hold out a little bit of hope that he could kind of deliver on that promise uh of when he was drafted so I think Twitter is going to like team B because of that 2019 second tossed in I think and then you get a little more youth I think they like it a decent amount more I'll say 76 percent in favor of team B. All right, Ryan. I'm going to gamble again. I'm going to go with 51% team B because I think, Pete, you might have gone over. But but you could be right on this because I think Twitter definitely is going to be team B, Sammy Watkins side because everybody – I mean, well, Sammy Watkins has his 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 followers, his lovers, right? There's some people that have dismissed Sammy. but And I, I think Alshon is a guy that might be a good buy low candidate right now because – he didn't have the best year last year, but I think people forget how good Alshon can be, how good he's been in his career. But to, I think Twitter team B, I'll, I'll, I'll take the kind of go for the under the, the 51% team. B. Love the strategy. The price is right. Price is right. Rules are, are such a, a beautiful thing. So uh, both of you guys, both of you guys hit the, uh, hit the correct side of the trade. Um, Pete did, as Ryan called it again, busted. Um, Sammy Watkins in the second with 66% of the vote, Alshon Jeffrey with 34% of the vote. And um, I was interested to kind of hear you guys' thoughts on these players as you, as you kind of shared. I, what, what, what intrigued me is that these guys literally are separated by a third of a point in uh, June DLF ADP um, at player 46.5 and player 46.8. So the end of the fourth round, and, um, you know, I thought with the 2019 set, you guys, Ryan, you know, this Pete, you may not, I'm the, I'm the freaking vice president of the Sammy Watkins fan club, man. I, I love that guy. And, and I'm, I'm 
I'm very hopeful that probably to a fault, I'm hopeful. My, all my Sammy Watkins shares are hopeful that this is, I, as a matter of fact, I just made a, a water bet, the fantasy footballer style with some, some friends, including actually Ryan, that uh, Sammy Watkins would, would be, would outscore Tyree Kill this year in, uh, in half PPR. I, I think he's going to take over the wide receiver one duties there. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to watch. I, I think Alshon Jeffrey, you know, I, th- I think that Nelson Aguilar, uh, and, and, um, Zach Ertz are going to really continue to kind of eat away from his, but I, I do agree. I think that there's a decent possibility. Jeffrey's got another solid, you know, wide receiver one type year of production in him. Um, but anyway, any guy, you guys want to share any other thoughts? Well, with Aguilar, I think his touchdown rate was pretty high last year, and I think that rate's going to go down. And I think the same with Zach Ertz. So I think that I think Alshon's just going to catch more touchdown passes. So that's why I think he he looks good. And and yeah, you you just said it. Like I I think Tyree Kill is the wide receiver one in that Chiefs offense. But I own quite a bit of Sammy myself. I'm also a big Sammy fan. So I I hope I'm mistaken. It's interesting comparison, Pete. What do you think of these two guys? Yeah, I think I lean toward Watkins just because I'm going to chase that unknown and that new system and Mahomes. And I think we, you know, I think most people believe that Mahomes can throw that deep ball pretty well, which is, you know, Sammy Watkins bread and butter. So yeah, I, uh, I'm going to lean Sammy there. And, uh, and again, just try to scoop the value with them being so close in ADP and, and get that 2019 second tossed in. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think it was a, I think that this is, this, this trade actually was, was pretty, pretty much spot on. I felt like kind of where it should be value wise. All right. Well, that was fun talking about Twitter and dynasty trades, but now we're, uh, we're going to have a a special guest join us um, and talk about the bad boys of dynasty. Um, And Ladies and gentlemen, it looks like getting ready to join us to discuss the Bad Boys of Dynasty is, dare I say it, one of the world's most notorious bad boys of all. It looks like it's Pete Manzanelli. Is, what is, up, what up? What up, my dudes? Finally got that that Joker Pete Overzet off. Now we can really get into the good stuff. What's up? What's up? How we doing? <laughs> good. How you doing? Thanks for joining the Fancy Joes. Doing good, dude. Doing good. I've been in the crypto streets for so long. I, I'm a little rusty in my fantasy footballs, but I, I think I still got it. I think I can spit some fire. And how is that going? How How, how is uh, Man's Coin uh, going right now? That's right. If you're not familiar, I launched the world's first ever physical cryptocurrency, Man's Coin. Uh, they are all sold. We uh, the, the final coin was auctioned off for charity, went for 300 big ones. Uh, so yeah, it's been a wild ride. And uh, yeah, I'm focusing on, uh, I got this gambling Olympics coming up here in Las Vegas, but I do have some, some news on the crypto front uh, coming later, uh, probably in July. But uh, yeah, I'm a busy dude, dude. I, I try to crush and I don't try. I actually do crush in so many avenues of life. It's, it's hard to juggle it all. All right. Well, we know you're uh, you're a dynasty guru, man. And we're going to talk about, since you're a bad boy yourself, we're going to talk about the bad boys of dynasty, how you value them and what to do with them. Uh, and earlier, the first guy on the list, we talked about him a little bit, was Jameis Winston and the troubles he's he's got going on. So we've kind of talked about him already, but do you have anything you want to add, man's, about Jameis Winston? Yeah, here's the thing about this dude, Jamie Winston's dude, because there's bad boys and then there's idiot boys, right? <laughs> Winston appears to be an idiot boy. 
I mean, stealing crab legs back in the day, that shit is cool. That's bad boy cred right there. I can get behind that. But this recent shit with the Uber and all that, dude, that's just idiot shit. So Jameis Winston, not a bad boy, just an idiot. Uh, all right. Trey, what you talked you talked about Jameis earlier. What do you think? You think he's an idiot? You think he's a guy that you really think you need to get rid of? Because he if he keeps doing stupid things, the, the Bucks will move on, the league will move on. Listen, man, I'm a Florida Gator through and through. So to see <laughs> a man that came from the Florida State Seminole struggle is like music to my ears. But I still believe from a dynasty perspective, I still think that I think that in twelve months we're gonna look back and say, man that we had an opportunity last offseason to buy Jameis Winston. I think right now that he's going as like quarterback 19 in redraft ADP, which is absurd. I think he could be a great value. Watch, watch for the crab leg lifter to be on my Scott Fishbowl team in about the 11th round. I'm going to grab him like he grabbed those crab legs. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I think Jameis is a guy. I, you wait just quickly. You wait until the season gets going. He comes back. He has some big games, and you sell. That's what I think. Uh, another guy. He's not really. Maybe, maybe man, he's not a bad boy anymore. We got Josh Gordon. His ADP yeah, is uh, forty-four overall, June ADP. Yeah, dude. No, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. This guy. He's my dude. He's been kind of on a roller coaster, right, up up to this point. But now he's just in that perfect sweet spot, right, because he's got the bad boy troubled past but that past also includes dominating on the field. So he's in the best of both worlds because he's coming out of that bad boy phase. He's ready to just focus on the field, but he still has those bad boy credentials from back in the day. So that's, that's exactly where you want to be. Josh Gordon has the cred, and now he's going to deliver with more production on the football field. <laughs> yeah, that, possibly. Trey, what do you think about Josh Gordon? Where he's going now, he's the 21st wide receiver overall ADP. He's uh, 44 overall. Uh, 27 years old. I mean, do you think he's maybe a little overvalued considering we haven't seen it for a while? Or are, you, are you like him there at that position? No, I, I like him there at that position. And, it, you know, he, he actually is right before Watkins and Jeffrey, which we just talked about earlier in the, in the dynasty trade. I think the thing that I really like about Josh Gordon, first of all, I watch, if you've not seen the video, the 15 minute video or whatever, where, where these guys down in Gainesville, Florida, interviewed Josh Gordon and talked to him about the, the, the process that's been going on in his life in the last year. I mean, I, I, you can't help but root for the guy when, when you see someone that's so ridiculously talented and chiseled too. He reminds me of myself before the accident. I mean, that guy is so <laughs> rocked up and, and just is, he's in the best shape of his life. And as man said, I mean, the production that that, that guy with, you know, people, horrible quarterback play people that should have never been allowed to be throwing a football in the CFL, let alone the NFL. I mean, the, the sky is the limit for him. I'm pulling for him. I think this is a great spot. I think that the hype though might continue to really grow. And so I think that we could in the next three or four months, see a, a sell window for Josh Gordon, but I'm pulling for him. I hope that his, his dark past is behind him. And, and I hope that he just lights it up. I'd love to see him be a top five wide receiver in production this year in the NFL would be the greatest, be the one of the best comeback stories of, of my lifetime in, in sports. Yeah, definitely a guy to root for. Definitely a guy to root for. And, and maybe a guy that, that if he's not a sell high already, though, he's definitely approaching that territory. A guy that you can get quite a bit lower is Martavis Bryant. His overall ADP is 102, the 48th wide receiver taken, 26 years old. Uh, there's been rumors that he's going to get suspended, and if he does, that's bad news, but they're just rumors. There's nothing concrete as of this recording. So, Mans, what do you think about 
Martavis Bryant. Yeah, the, like Martavis is in that stretch that Josh Gordon used to be in where it's still a little murky with the suspension. You know, he's still in the thick of the bad boy cycle. And, and by thick of it, I mean like a, a cloud of danky dank smoke. And the fact that this suspension talk is still just rumors only further adds to his bad boy cred. It's a total have your cake and eat it too situation. The ladies and the bros think you're a bad boy, but you still get to stay on the field and perform. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, you know, Martavis, I don't know. I, I mean, I think the difference here, Trey, is that with, with him, he's, yes, he's in that phase that Josh Gordon used to be in. And we know Josh Gordon, at least there's some, some evidence that he's put that, that past behind him. But we're, Martavis Bryant, we don't really have that, right, Trey? Yeah, man, I'm hands off on Martavis Bryant. I've been hands off. You know that, Ryan, in our, in our you know, fantasy addict support group. I've been, I've been pitching that I'm done. Martavis is dead. I mean, I know that there's some hope for him to re- <laughs> resume some semblance of value. I don't think he's long for the NFL. I don't think it's any mistake. There were whispers coming out about him potentially getting in some more trouble. Um, and, you know, unless, unless he really is getting help, I just don't know that I can see him staying away from the herb long enough to really put in the work that it's going to take to do what I think he's capable. I mean, the, the talent's there. But, man, you know, it's not about talent. you got to put in the work. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm hands off on Martavis. So if you own him, do you, do you sell him now? Do you just hold on to him and just risk losing everything? Man, I don't know what you get for him. I mean, I'm just kind of searching for him as we're talking here. So currently he's going as the wide receiver 48. I mean, he's going basically the same exact uh, dynasty ADP as Randall Cobb. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, you're, you're getting a ton if you sell him. So I think that what you do is you hope that he goes for five for one Oh six and two touchdowns and, in any game this year in Oakland, and then you just you, you ship him out. But, I mean, I, I don't I, – at this point, I honestly would ra- rather have Randall Cobb. If I had Martavis Bryant and I could get Randall Cobb, I'd make that switch right now. Mans, what about you? Randall Cobb, he's kind of a bad boy, right, in Green Bay, doing all these crazy things up in Green Bay? Maybe not really, right? Oh, the, no, Randall Cobb is – dude, he's, he's as good of a boy as you can get. Yeah, I'm afraid he is. Other than that, he plays for the the hated Green Bay Packers. I'm a, I'm a big Bears fan. So Bears. I'm not, I know, you know. But Randall Cobb strikes me as like he's in a book club where they read the newest Malcolm Gladwell books. Like he he's not he's not out trolling the town, lighting up doobies uh, with Devontae Adams. You know, man. There's nothing wrong with book clubs, my friend. Nothing wrong with book clubs. Oh, dude, did I just did I just hurt the feelings of the librarian? All right, dude. Why don't you go cry into your Dewey Decimal system, bro? <laughs> no, I can't. I don't time. We got a show to do. We got to talk about a couple more bad boys, mans. And Kareem Hunt is one of those bad boys. You know, he was at a Cleveland resort, an Ohio resort, and you know he's been accused of a couple of things. You know, he he punched a dude the other day. So he's not like your classic bad boy, right? People forget about Kareem Hunt already, but. But he's he's kind of taken up on the list. So what do you think, Mans? Dude, I, what what else are you supposed to do in Ohio? You know, if, if someone made me go there, I'd punch someone too. Uh, also, apparently, this took place this took place in a city called Put in Bay. That's the name of a city, Put in Bay. Let's just hope this incident. In, uh, let's just hope this incident doesn't cause Andy Reid to put in where, if you know what I mean. Uh, you know, there's there's a podcast, a friend friend of ours, the the Top Dog Dynasty podcast. They're based out of Cleveland, man's, and they kind of gave us some some heat on Twitter for for calling out Cleveland in a past show. So it might happen again. Bring it, dudes. Bring it. I've never, you know, 
passed on an internet battle. It's where everyone gets their points across and one person comes out victorious every time and there's no casualties. <laughs> all right, all right. Trey, Kareem Hunt, sort of a bad boy. He's, he's starting to tick up on the radar. We've talked about him before. He, but he's if, if someone's worried about him, you think he's a buyer, right? Man, I don't know if you guys are peeping this picture right here, but it looks like my boy Kareem's been hanging with Martavis and Josh Gordon from back in the day. The eyes, <laughs> open your eyes, man. Come on. Listen, I mean, all the guy did was lead the NFL in rushing last year. If you're worried about him, please send him to my roster. I will slide him into my RB1 slot, and I will use him to beat you and all of your friends and take your trophy and your money and go home with it. Kareem Hunt, I'm not worried about it. I'll take him. Put him on my teams. All right. I like it. Yeah, you got to get Kareem Hunt. Don't worry about the the stuff that, that he did. Not right now. Until the video comes out, you're, you're okay. You're okay. And finally, our last bad boy we're going to talk about, unless Mans wants to talk about somebody we haven't mentioned, it's Ezekiel Elliott. He is your running back two in ADP. He's number four overall June ADP, 22 years old. Zeke. We know about the problems that Zeke's had, uh, but he's, he's a stud. Man, so what, what do you think of uh, Zeke? You, you a fan? Sorry, dude. I had to take a quick vape break <laughs> in between those segments. All that talk about the danky dank made me need to get my vape on. Um, for me, Ezekiel Elliott, he falls in this Jameis Winston territories, dude, of being too much of an idiot shithead to be a bad boy, okay? He's an idiot boy. You, you know, weed punching dudes, that's the real bad boy shit, but you touch a female, you're just an idiot and an asshole. So Zeke is by far the most boring pick of the top backs. Give me my David Johnsons. Give me my Le'Veon Bells. Give me my Todd Gurley's. Cowboy's going to suck this year. Ezekiel Elliott, not bad boy material. All right, Trey, you, you agree with that? You, he's your running back one in 2018, it sounds like. Yeah, he is, actually. I, I mean, somebody needs to tell him to pull his jersey down, man. Nobody wants to be looking at his mid – I mean, this is, this is just egregious. I, this, can't, this cannot be allowed to continue. That, that midsection is Roto-Librarian-esque, I got <laughs> to yeah. tell you. He needs to – He needs to, I got two words for him, treadmill. But he, seriously, <laughs> I, I think Ezekiel Elliott's going to be in the top five in the league this year and catches out of the backfield. I think that with the, the lack of pass catchers there in Dallas, he's not been a bad pass catcher in the NFL. And so I think that they're going to – that offense is going to be – you guys remember last year the way that the Rams utilized Todd Gurley in the passing game and the running game. He was their offense. Once they got inside the 10, it's like Gurley's getting the ball four times to the, to the rest of the team's one. And I think that it, it's going to be the same way with Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think they're off. I, I agree with you, Pete. I, man, I, I think they're going to struggle, and I think they're going to be bad. But I think that he's going to get so much volume. He is my RB1 for 2018. But for Dynasty, man, I, I'm, I'm kind of hands off because you hit the nail on the head. This guy is, is dumb <laughs> as a box of rocks, man. All right. I think we got to let Mans go, Trey, because he's got some vaping to do, it looks like. So, Mans, any, any final words before you go? Anything you want to plug while you're on the show? What, what, what do you got going on? What, what's, what's going on the next couple of months? You yeah, said you're going to do something on, on your YouTube channel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we, got, um, we always got stuff going on. I got a crypto channel, Crypto Mans. Uh, I also have my regular YouTube channel where I do DFS and poker stuff. But right now, dude, I'm gearing up for this gambling Olympics. I'm heading out to Vegas. Uh, this is with the Action Network. My boys, uh, Jonathan Bales, Adam Levitans, Peter Jennings, uh, and a bunch of other guys. We are competing in 12 events over the course of two days. And whoever, uh, there's big money on the line. We're playing all kinds of stuff that's going to involve 
crypto, DFS, sports betting, we're playing Yahtzee, we're playing Connect Four, you know, you name it, some degenerate sport, we are playing it with money on the line. Then uh, my bookie just released uh, the favorites. Uh, for the tournament, I'm being disrespected. I'm plus 900 to win. So if you're looking to get your money in good, put it on man's. That's $10 to win 90. And you can also bet on the individual events. I'm telling you right now, I am good at beer pong, which is one of these events. You can get me at, I believe it's <laughs> eight to one, eight to one uh, in beer pong. And I'm also the favorite in the crypto space as I should be, as I'm the only one that invented my own physical cryptocurrency. So yeah, follow me. And uh, it'll be a good ride watching me crush at the gambling Olympics. Yeah, beer pond. That's a steal. You're stealing money in eight to one. That's that's unbelievable. So, man, thanks for joining us. Uh, we 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 appreciate it. We really appreciate it. All right, guys. Um, I I think that's a, that's a show. Uh, you know, I don't know what what else there is to say. Pete Overset is back. Did, uh, Pete, do you want to say anything before you go? Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to say I'm so sorry uh, for that. Every time he uh, he takes over, it's an embarrassment to to me and my family and anyone who's ever interacted with me. And I apologize for that. Uh, the next Fantasyland episode, we're actually going to have one soon. Um, we were down, uh, Pat Corain, who uh, produces the show with me, we went down to Nashville uh, last November. We went to a live final. It was the draft live final uh, in conjunction with Roto Grinders, and we followed a bunch of the participants and, and interviewed them. And so we're going to kind of the, tell the story of the weekend and what it's like going to a live final. And that should be out within the next uh, few weeks. So we will have a have another Fantasyland episode. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Pete, thank you for joining the Fantasy Joes. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. No, anytime, guys. Uh, I love what you guys are doing over here. And uh, yeah, happy to come join in for some some off-season fun. And good luck with everything. Good luck with your uh, with Scott Fishbowl. Who, who do you got? Do you know who you're playing against? Like who, who's in your uh, in division? Yeah, I just saw today. There's a couple Rotoviz guys. I know Christopher Bean. Um, and then Scott Pianowski from Yahoo was one of the heavy hitters. Nice. Uh, I know that's in my league. So yeah, it should be a, should be a fun time, I believe. When did that draft kicks off? Like what? A a week from Monday? I think it's July 11th. Yeah, mm-hmm. if okay. I'm not mistaken. So yeah, it'll be a it'll be a good time. I already see uh, Ryan McDowell created a a Twitter list with everybody on it. So uh, everybody's getting revved up to draft. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, Pete. We'll we'll take care. We'll we'll catch you next yeah, time. Yeah, man. Thanks. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Joes. You can reach us directly at thefantasyjoes at gmail.com or at FFJoes on Twitter. Your feedback is welcome. Let us know how we're doing and what you want from us. And if you want to support the show, help us become better by becoming a Patreon patron for as little as $1.99 a month at patreon.com slash fantasyjoes. And you get access to our bi-monthly Fantasy Joes uncut, unedited, uncensored. We come at you weekly very early Mondays of the new episodes, but be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And leave us a review, but only if it's a positive one. You can find us on Twitter. Trey is at Trey Barrett. The missing Will Greenwood is at FantasyJoe underscore Will. And I'm at Roto Librarian. On behalf of Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood, who we hope will be back next week, I'm Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes! Fantasy Jones!
who do you like in the World Cup, Trey? Like who who do you who do you think is gonna gonna take it now that we're getting down to uh, the the round of what do they call this? What is it? The round of sixteen? This is, what, what do we call it? I'm I, I like the World Cup, but I don't know all the proper yeah. terminology. It's a round of sixteen. This is where it really gets good because this is where the the games can end in ties. Once the group stage is over and it's down to the sixteen teams, you know that that's when the extra time comes in and then the penalty kicks will decide. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is good. this is this is where the the action is exciting, man. I, I'm 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 pulling for England. I I, I was, man. I, I really thought that it was a pretty wide open cup coming into it, and I think it's even more so open now. And England has looked so good. I've always that that's been the team I pulled for along with the United States, who are not in it. Boo, boo. Uh, but man, I'm impressed. Harry Kane as a goal scorer. I I like what England's doing. I think. I think that they've got a real shot. So we'll see, man. Yeah, I, I, I am have um, some English heritage, I guess, in my blood. So I, 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 that's one of the teams I'm cheering for as well. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll see if it's their year. It's going to be fun. We and we have some some listeners in England as well, according to our statistics for the podcast. So nice. Uh, um, Go England. What what is what is the what are they what do we what do we say for that team? I don't even know. What what's the what's the proper thing to say? Man, I'm not even good. I know that their football club <laughs> is called the they're the three lions. I don't know any of the songs or anything crazy like that, man, but maybe if uh maybe if anyone out there is a big uh you know, football fan on in as an international term, they could they could enlighten us. Uh, you know, I'll just I'll just look it up and we can put this the song in this in this show right here, Trey. That'd be fantastic.